Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Your hosts will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And yet another one bites the dust. Welcome what is it crashing into this time? I love you. So, um, Welcome to this... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. I love you. Joe loves you, folks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what did he crash into this yeah. week? It was a spectacular display of tin cans and little children. What? Why were little children involved? Because they were piling up the tin cans, and unfortunately R2 just couldn't went crazy wait. and couldn't wait. <laughs> Thinking R2. Uh, he, he's got a mind of his own. You know, we used to have control of him. Now he just, it's like he's programmed or something to constantly run into things and mm-hmm. crash. Well, once you do it too many times, I guess it changes your programming. Yeah, it, it, it's like crack for droids. <laughs> really? So everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Callers Radio. You need to get closer. Do I? Yes. Now it's in my face. I'm yes, like, oh, yeah, you got to literally eat, eat the cone. Giant yep. yellow mic just rubbing on my face. That's okay. That's right. You got to have the gumdrop in your mouth. Yep, uh, <laughs> I feel like now is the time to send all emails to Flagoon at Dungeon Callers Radio. So, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we now have a cartoon attorney. I did see that. Yes. So we have a cartoon attorney that, has, that says anything that goes bad, you can email Flagoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. <laughs> <laughs> the way it should be. The best part is he's really affordable. He's animated, too. Yes. Like, lively. Very lively. We only have to throw him cookies. <laughs> so welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is Revan. It's a guy named Joe. Chris the intern. Hi, I'm Little Ben. Yep, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Firebird. Woo! So, for those of you that have noticed, Lagoon is not here. Yes, that's right. He is dinking around in the Iron Man suit once again, flying around. But most actually, likely, he's no, actually trapped because it probably ran out of batteries because he forgot to recharge. I tricked him into the cave. Oh, <laughs> that's into the cave. That's, that's what he gets for yelling at me about his stupid coffee. <laughs> Let me guess. You put a note, hey, I got your coffee. It's in the cave. And then yeah, as soon as you walked in, you rolled the boulder in front of the, yep, the entrance. Yep. Gotcha. Maniacal laughter. Yeah. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. Yes. Uh, so, yep. we have a great show tonight. Yeah. Uh, we have author Catherine Addison coming mm-hmm. on the show to talk about her new book, The Goblin Emperor. We will cover some geek news, do some Gamer Forge. We have three 
Oh, Pretty yeah. decent GamerForge articles. And uh, then the rest the of the craziness that we do, because we'll we do it. Yes. But before that, we won't be here next week. No, not, the, not on Thursday. No. We will do a live show Thursday. I just don't know the mechanics of it, but... Uh, no, Friday. Excuse me. Yeah, so Friday. we won't be live at Epic Puzzle. No, game we won't be. At, yes, City, because we'll be a fan X. Yep. Um, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Interviewing lots and lots of awesomeness. I'll just yeah, leave it that way. Just, just awesomeness. We won't actually interview people. Just awesomeness. Well, all those people are awesomeness. Okay. And we need a photo op of us on, if we can get it, on the Enterprise D bridge. Because they have it there. Yes. Yeah. So, I heard a rumor. Yes. What's, up? What's the rumor? Did they book Aaron Douglas? Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Ah, I thought I'd seen a post where uh, Aaron was going to be there. They might have. Yeah, I mean, they keep possible. adding people. I mean, they only have 110 special guests at this point. <laughs> They're like, oh, we could add like 50 billion they, more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right now they're, at, they're, they're saying they can add one more very large... Um, one more very large guest, uh, which is Patrick Stewart, Matt Smith, or Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. Ooh. Or maybe Man, that's Tom. A, yeah, that's a hard know. one. No, no. If they get Patrick Stewart, who cares about the rest? Um, I do. <laughs> Any of them. All right, let me... Uh, I'm <laughs> that's gonna a win-win-win. Yeah, I'm going to add our uh, guest on tonight. Because she's just ringing in. Let me grab... Sure. Okay. There it is. So we'll just dive into this. Um... So if anyone wants to ask uh, Catherine any questions as we're talking to her about her new book, The Goblin Emperor, you can call us at 626-226-1475. That's or, always fun to get your uh, questions asked on, on air anyway. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. I love it. Um, and then you can also contact, it, uh, contact us at our email, info at Dungeon College Radio, or you can always drop us a line at our Facebook page. Just look up Dungeon College Radio. That's us. Who's looking at the Facebook page? I can't uh, look at everything. I can be. Awesome. I was posting on it earlier. Okay. Up. You want me to look at it? Yeah. You guys can stay keep in an sh- eye. You guys can keep an eye on that. And then I'll pretend. <laughs> <laughs> you will use the imagination station. Right. Wow. Yes. Because that's where the power is. <laughs> and then um I don't know what you're yeah, doing. It's, Connor's it's just, just hanging out. Chilling. All right. He's pointing at his phone. He's staring at us. All right, sweet. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna. My my brain is just stalled. It's weird. It's like I just went on hiatus. Addison. Yeah. They're going to answer. That's what I am. I'm adding someone to the call. (laughs) It has been a long day. All right, here we go. We are calling now. Maybe. Oh, hello. Hi. Can you hear me? We can. Can you hear us? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, who wants to start? I mean, who wants to jump in on this one? <laughs> You're well, you look, at, you so, look at me. Tell us about your book. Well, let's, yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> hey, I decided to go with the easy one. <laughs> you went with the easy question. Um, so, the, the name go- of the book, the book is The Goblin Emperor. Yep. Um. It's sort of steampunk, sort of epic fantasy. Um, The main character is the half-goblin son of the Elvish Emperor. 
and he's lived his entire life in exile, basically, because his father hates him. And then a messenger comes and says, oh, all of, your father and all three of your older brothers have died in an airship crash. You're the emperor. <laughs> and the rest of the book is just kind of, well, now you're emperor. What do you do about it? <laughs> okay. That would be a terrible situation to be in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, crap. <laughs> I, I, lost I don't know. What... That's... I, I'm just trying to think of if I was just going about day to day, came back home, and they said, guess what? Your family's dead, and you're now emperor. Would that really be a bad thing? I well, like the priorities are wrong. <laughs> if you didn't ever get wrong. groomed for it, it might be. Well, I guess that's true. If you were being groomed as, like, you know, the uh, the court jester. Now, now you, you said he's the youngest, right? Yes. So that means that most likely he was not groomed to be anything other than a prince, right? Um, actually, okay, complicated background politics. The elves and the goblins needed an alliance. The emperor had, recent, emperor had recently been widowed. His minister said, we need an alliance. You marry their princess. And he did it, but he shouldn't have because he hated her. And then when she had a baby, he hated the baby. And so the, my poor protagonist got shipped off to um, the back end of nowhere. He's never been to court when the book starts. Even he, better. <laughs> yeah, so, so he, has, he has no training. Oh, see, there we go. So he's going to probably go, what the crap am I going to do with so myself? So not only has <laughs> he never been trained, he's also half goblin, half elf. Yes, so th well, that wow. is, yeah, that in itself is already a huge complication. I mean, how um, how how does the half elven heritage affect, I guess, the goblin mentality, and which one sort of is most prevalent? Well, I did sort of rework elves and goblins um, okay. because, well, I read Tolkien, and I I think I like the orcs a little more than I'm supposed to. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, you know, they don't get a fair shake. They never get to be anything but evil henchmen. You know, Tolkien, this just not in the world. It's never going to happen. There is nothing orcs can be but evil. But I thought, well, you know, really, what if goblins didn't have to be evil, that if they were a species like any other species, with, in sapient species with free will? Um, and so it, it, in this world, elves and goblins are enemies, but it's not, it's not a biological imperative. It's politics. So it's, um, I mean, it is still definitely, there are issues, but it's not sort of the, the it's not what you'd get in D&D &D if you rolled a half-elf, half-orc, if you could even do that. I'm sure there's rules somewhere in there. We at least create it. <laughs> yeah, we'll scour it. So, so is he a light-skinned? No, nope. okay. He is, I also went. I also sort of lost the green. Okay. My goblins are are um, black. In, I mean, pitch India ink black. Okay. Um, and elves are white to the point of paper. So it'd be very, very schematic. White over here, black over there, and the half, the children, uh, the children of elves of. Half elf, half goblin, or quarter goblin, three quarters elf, or quarter elf, three quarters goblins have varying shades of gray skin between 
white on the one end and black on the other. Okay, so okay, so we don't have the traditional goblin, pretty much. So no. When you're saying goblin, I'm, I'm sure everyone's thinking, you know, kind of weird, goofy, pointed ears, green skin, teeth horribly misshapen, and kind of pudgy and short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gave everybody the goofy ears. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, goofy no ears for everyone. As long as you were fair. <laughs> yes, I was fair. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, one thing I do like about what how you started this off is it's steampunk and epic fantasy mixed together. So yeah. I'm assuming we've got airships and other various items you'd see in traditional steampunk novels. Uh, the major, the major external plot of the book is whether or not a giant steam powered drawbridge can be built across the major river of the empire. So yes. Hmm. Huh. So it's okay. So then, what? I mean, what sort of uh, elements were you kind of looking to add in when you were first writing the Goblin Emperor uh, to include as far as steampunk goes? I mean, there's, uh, like you said, the traditionals, and then you mentioned your bridge. Were there other elements, or just like, ooh, steampunk that? Um, well, actually, it it really the book started because I wanted to put elves and airships in the same book because there was no reason, there was no inherent reason I couldn't, and it seemed awesome. Makes and, sense. And then I, from there, it just sort of said, well, okay, if, if elves have airships, what else are they going to have? Um, goblins, the, the elvish empire is landlocked. The goblins have the coast, and so they have steamships. Um, and then the the palace has a the, the enormous palace of the emperor has a pneumatic tube system which i'm very very happy about <laughs> <laughs> so it it, it was it, it's not sort of it's it's definitely steampunk ish okay but i, I wouldn't i mean it, the, the focus is not necessarily on the crazy steampunk scientists and their Okay, so radical oh, inventions. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, oh, I was going to ask then. It's like, so what? Um, so I mean, you you have this sort of uh, you have a fascination with the uh, with steampunk. Um, so I mean, how hard was it to resist sort of adding more and more and more in there? <laughs> well, the the compass of the book ended up being very narrow mm-hmm. because. Once you've become emperor in, I mean, and this is a very tradition-oriented, hidebound society, once you've become emperor, you can't go have adventures. You have to stay in the palace and try to rule your empire. So there wasn't, you know, there wasn't sort of the room for a lot of wild things. Um, I mean, the bridge was fun, and there, there's... There are there is a clockmakers guild which I enjoyed very much, and there are there are starting to be trade union unions and there are starting to be manufacturing companies, but it's it's still sort of on the edges of things. They're just sort of starting their industrial revolution, really. Okay, I see. So to I guess. Uh... So very like nineteen, I want to say like nineteen twenties American, eighteen twenties, eighteen twenties ish, eighteen eighteen, eh. maybe eighteen fifties, eighteen fifties, 
It sounds about right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, know, you, you say the emperor can't go on adventures. I know what I would do if I was told I was an emperor. I'd be like, um, can I promote somebody else and just go back to what I was doing? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I wasn't I'm... trained to be the king. So do all these rules apply? <laughs> and yes, unfortunately, if you if you tried that, everybody gets plunged into civil war, and that never ends well. So if if you're the emperor and can't leave the castle, that leaves, begs the question, how did the other emperor get killed? He was going to a wedding. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to weddings. Yes. Dar- oh. darn Somebody always gets killed. killed. <laughs> yes. I think it was no. the rice. Yeah, no, the no, rice. Big, big political wedding. Okay. The emperor uh, has to go. Yes. Wow. Huh. Man, if I had a nickel for every time that happened. Oh, <laughs> man. That's just... You're standing at the pearly gates of after you've died, and they're like, "How did you die?" I was going to a wedding. <laughs> I mean, that's it's almost as bad as saying a lizard ate my head or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. So here's a question: uh, Since the king is dead, is the queen still around? And is she, if she is, is she excited that her son is going to get the throne? She she is dead. She died when he was eight. So, Aww. yes, it is. I, I, there are some characters that have to be dead before you start that you really hate the fact that they have to be dead. And she was one of them because oh. I, I quite liked her. But, you know, she's no. <laughs> she yeah. was she was dead when we started. Man, this guy just can't Tragic. win. His mom's <laughs> dead. He wasn't trained for the job. His family died. He's now stuck as emperor. He can't adventure. He's stuck in a castle. His excitement is a bridge. So is there like wow. a close friend that he makes that helps guide him through things or gets him out of trouble? Well, that ended up actually being sort of an interesting question in the book is when you are emperor and your word is law, can you have friends? You know, can you... You can't show favoritism, obviously, because that doesn't go anywhere good. But, you know, can you be friends with the people around you? And it in ultimately, it's yes and no, but it's more yes than no, I think. Um, it, but it, it was a it was kind of something that we, that I wrestled with and he wrestled with and everybody around him wrestled with was trying to figure out how you do this. Mm hmm. So then, uh, what I mean, uh, how with with the mother being dead, I mean, how do you explore some of like the um, the maternal issues that the son would have to would would go through, especially during such a trying time? How how do you explore that? Well, flashback. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, there, there there's flashback to uh, to his devastation when she died, um, and. There's the fact that because she died and because his guardian since has been a real jerk, he's had to learn to be self-sufficient. Um, you know, that this is not a good place to be in, but in some ways it is better than where he was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's about look, about being able to see the positive in this sort of thing? Insofar as you can find it, I mean, he, he realizes very quickly that his choice is either make the best of this or be killed. So, hmm. he uh, says, okay, yes, I'll make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty clear-cut choice, then. <laughs> Death, 
Or just go with this. Mm, <laughs> I don't choose death. <laughs> Oddly enough. Can I do option three? <laughs> what is option three? I don't know. I'm going to find it. <laughs> a pie, maybe. I hope it's a pie. Get fed to the Balrog? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so will there be like further, um, further trials and tribulations, and hopefully we'll be able to see the Goblin Emperor actually take an adventuring life, or is that... Um, is that sort of up in the air at the moment? Well, I don't entirely know. I, I think this this book was intended from the beginning to be a standalone because oh. what I'd written before was a four-book series. And I finished the four-book series and I was like, oh my God, never again. I am never <laughs> writing a series again. This is nonsense. Um, so this book is a standalone, but I, ha- I do have ideas about other books that could happen in this world. Ah, okay. I see. Okay. So what, what, I mean, what was so bad about writing a four-part four series or just a series in general? That, I mean, how, how did that turn out? <laughs> well, by the time you get to the end of a very complicated four-book series, you have painted yourself into so many corners. There, there are so many things, uh, because, of course, every decision you've made from the beginning of one by the time you hit book four, it's, it's all still piled up on top of your head. Um, and you have to remember all of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember, you know, the, the things, you know, is this, guy, is this guy's eyes blue or green? Uh, when did I say? Where did I say? Oh, dear, did I say? Yeah. Uh, and and it just it's exhausting mm-hmm. it's it's exhausting to tell a story that long i think at that point you start making one of those conspiracy charts just to piece your story together <laughs> yes <laughs> so i mean what um so how did that uh that experience then influence uh influence your writing of the goblin emperor and any of your future writings well, I mean, it, first of all, it taught me do not invent calendrical systems. Mm-hmm. Leave the calendar alone. <laughs> I invented two competing calendars Uh-oh. in that series. And, oh, my God, never again. <laughs> it, was, it was a nightmare. Um, so I like to world build. I really enjoy it. And I like to, I like to world build complicated things like calendars and languages. Um, so that one of the lessons learned from writing a four book series, once, you, once you've done this to yourself, is that, okay, sometimes you, you, have to, you have to draw a line and say, no, this is too complicated, back off. Um, and also just a sense of, you no, know, really, the story can be told. You can finish a story mm-hmm. in one book, and that's okay. Um, I, I have most reviews I've seen thus far for the Goblin Emperor are, are howling for a sequel, and uh, which is of course very flattering, and I'm pleased. But also, uh, it's a comfort to know that for me to know that I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know the obligation to to finish, to you know, to write the next book, and it has to be just as good, and it has to do everything it ought to, which get again is another thing that piles on top of you as you start book three, and even worse as you start book four. Um, you know that if I don't want to write 
another book about this world next, I can do something else. And oh. if I do want to write, an, if I do want to write another book about this world, I can. Um, it, once you've locked yourself into a series, it, it well, you're locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the pressure's on. You got to be able to deliver all the goods, and I'm, I'm sure the publishers themselves were like all were breathing down your neck. Yes, um, the, and the other thing that I learned from writing that, from writing, trying to write a four book series, is that I can't write a book a year. Which is the, the which is what publishers would like. They would like you to turn in a book a year so they can publish a book a year, which is a completely reasonable thing to want. I have no fault with them there. It's just that I can't write that fast, or I can, but I write a really bad book, <laughs> and then then I boot my deadline because I have to rewrite it to do it right, um, and nobody's happy. So. I need I, 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 this, that that very tight timeline is not good for me. So then, how do you co- uh, what sort of things do you do to then then cope with uh, with the kind of pressure? Because I mean, I presume that you had you know the same sort of deadline looming for the Goblin Emperor. Was that any easier? Um. Well. Okay. So a little a couple of months before my fourth book was published that publisher decided they did not want to renew a contract with me and that was awful and horrible and crushing as you expect yeah. but um not very much later tor which is the the publisher for the new book picked me up and said yes we we want to publish your books we have to use a pseudonym because short version bookstore computers are stupid. Um, But at that point, I actually had a complete draft of this book. Okay. So, so that the the writing it from scratch in a year, I I didn't have to, I I had it ready. Oh, good. That makes it nice. (laughs) Yes. And since this was only a one book contract, um, you know, we can negotiate when I when I turn the next book in if they if they want another one which I hope they do. So right now it's still too early to too early to tell because I mean the the Goblin Emperor just released on the first of this month, correct? Yep. So yes, they, I mean they're going to want to wait to see the numbers, and I, I hope the numbers are good, mm-hmm. which at this point is all I can do. So then, how uh, I mean, how is it like then uh, since we're on the um, on the subject of releases, um, I, uh, it says here that you've had uh, you've had your your, uh, your book star reviewed. Um, well, what was that like getting your first book back and it's getting its and you got that review and was, was there elation or was it yes. like pretty sour? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's jumping up and down and screaming and um, general celebration. Starred reviews are very exciting. And so, um, I, how do I, so I how um, I guess what, I, what what sort of uh, celebration that I'm kind of curious. I mean, were you were like were you and your friends like going out on the town or something like that, or is that or is uh, is that not like quite your style? Uh, not quite my style, mm-hmm. but um, you know, my husband and I go out for dinner. We pick someplace nice instead of just someplace convenient. <laughs> um, I I do in fact kind of you know there may be quiet um, private dancing, which I would deny if anyone were ever to actually ask me. 
<laughs> no, that was not me doing the happy dance. No. No, not at all. No. <laughs> uh, so then can you, I mean, now that now that your now that the your book is now out and you you're getting ready to collect your reviews and hopefully you'll actually get some real money from it. Um what um how 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 are you coping with the this this new line of stress and then like how do you go through a day of writing? Can you tell tell us that? Um, well, okay. The other, the other complicated piece of backstory, I have been having some fairly severe health problems since about 2010 um, that have made it very, very hard to write. Mm-hmm. And I've also, for the past two years, been working full-time at a, a, an actual, not an actual job because writing is an actual job, but a job with an actual paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of last year, I got a part-time job, which is excellent and much better for me. And some of my health problems seem to be getting better under control, knock on wood. Um, so I'm trying to get back into a, a sort, at least something resembling a routine of, you know, I, I work in, I have my other job in the morning. I come home and at least write something in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, what I'm working on right now is the – I have a, a series in collaboration with Elizabeth Bear. The first book is A Companion to Wolves. The second book is um, is The Tempering of Men. And we are working on the third book, which is <clears throat> also a little past deadline, because see above re, health problems. Um, and she said, well, let's set, let's set ourselves just a really ridiculously easy goal. You know, your job is write one sentence a day and I can do that mm-hmm. I can write a sentence sometimes I can write five um, and I'm trying you know because this this has been not being able to write has been so stressful mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to be kind to myself about it and and not push too hard just you know keep saying okay you don't have to do more than one sentence it just you write the sentence, you're good, and hopefully get my legs back under me here. So, so my answer to that question is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite all right. So uh, we got to pause here for just a, for just a moment to pay our bills. It's 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to Dungeon Callers Radio. We're speaking with author Catherine Addison, and she's talking about her new book, The Goblin Emperor. So if you want to heap on a praise, ask her any questions, or maybe even, I don't know, maybe give her some money. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, you can call us at 626-226-1475. Or as always, you can reach us at our email, info at Dungeon Crawlers Radio, or check out our Facebook. It's Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's it. That's it. That's it. After Facebook. Yep, this segment of the uh, of the interview has been brought to you by. Who's gonna do it for that? The Amazon. Well, are we gonna uh, do our draw? Audible. Oh, for Audible. Or do you want me to do the Amazon one? I can do that. We, okay. Yep. It's already. It's already. Yeah. It's it's already in there. So okay. hold on. I ha- I have to find the button. So here we go. 
It'll be silent for a moment. This next half of the interview is going to be brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, once you're done with listening to the show, if you want to get yourself any of the other books that you've been uh, hearing about in the past few weeks, just go to the sidebar uh, located at DungeonCollegeRadio.com, clear out your cookies, enter in your search term, and shop as normal. It doesn't cost you anything extra and uh, even kicks a little bit of money back to us. So it's not entirely a selfless gesture. That's Amazon.com. Hi-yo! Hello, we're back. <laughs> so, um, I guess since we're bringing up the uh, bring up the whole distribution thing, is uh, um, where are we going to be able to find uh, copies of the Goblin Emperor? I'm kind of curious about that. In fine bookstores everywhere. <gasps> um, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes and Noble. You can buy it at Powell's. Um, you can buy it. You can go to IndieBound and find your nearest independent bookseller which is a, a method I highly recommend personally, but that's just me. Um, but yes, it is, it, is, it is widely available. Great. So I'm kind of curious. So for everyone, just go to our website, click on the Amazon link, and then buy <laughs> Catherine's <laughs> book. It's all good. Buy the Goblin Emperor now. <laughs> no suggestive. Not that. At no, all. no, no. No uh-huh. pressure. No. <laughs> so, do you have an audio book version of your book coming out, or is it already out? I, to the best of my knowledge, audio rights have not been sold yet. Okay. So, if somebody would like to put out an audio book, I personally think that would be super. But it's not something that I get to control. Little Ben, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I've got Done? a voice made for radio. All right. You want to do it? <laughs> So, who would you like to do it if you actually got to choose who gets to do your radio book or your audio book? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, Audible does really nice work. Yeah, they do. Um, but. Like, like, who would you like to narrate it specifically? Ah. Mm, well. <laughs> A little bad. <laughs> yeah, can I say Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes, yes. Because I mean, yes. <laughs> I am the Goblin Emperor. Man, I, yeah, I can totally see him doing that. I mean, come on, he did horrible. smog. He did smog. I know. I I don't sound like, but he did smog. He could yeah. totally pull off a Goblin Emperor. <laughs> I've still got to see that movie. So that on DVD, you can go buy it now. Yep. <laughs> The dragon is amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's a dragon, man. Dude, how do you, you, you have Reverend right? Is I right have issues yeah. because he says yeah. it's a wyvern. I do have issues because it is a wyvern. Because oh, it's too ah. big to be a wyvern. No, because There's actually a his, he does not have front claws. Oh, good heavens! You need to study oh. more dragon lore. It's connected to his <laughs> wings. You need to study it's more no. dragon lore. <laughs> My goodness. Oh. Yeah, this, He's this too, not, too not big to be a wife. Nope. Anyway. We'll get off the subject and go back to go. the interview about the <laughs> Goblin Emperor, because otherwise right. we'll just talk about that forever. Um, but to keep along that same note, though, you were, you were bringing up Dungeons & Dragons earlier. Uh, did, stuff, uh, did, did gaming kind of play an influence on in your early life? Um, I personally have never been an uh, RPG player. Mm-hmm. I have played more than my fair share of Diablo and other such. But, but, (laughs) you know, um, I like games I can 
you know, shoot things in. <laughs> you know, no, nothing wrong with that. Nope. No, nope. it's cathartic. Um, but certainly many of my friends do. My husband did. Um, I certainly, certainly read uh, Dragonlance novels as a teenager. Oh, yeah. So, and and I think at this point, at the also the cartoon of Dungeons and Dragons as oh, a child. They have those all on DVD. <laughs> nope. I, I, I don't think I want to watch them again, but I did love it yeah, as a child. Going back as an adult and watching those, yeah. <laughs> not the same magic. No. The oh. nostalgia is the only thing that makes you watch it again. Yeah. It's kind of like going back and watching a He-Man cartoon. No, yeah. no, no, that's more of a nightmare. Actually, yeah. you, you realize how bad it is and go, oh, there goes my childhood right there. Yep. <laughs> it's better than watching the Dungeons and Dragons. Gotta be closer. It's still better than watching the Dungeons and Dragons movie on sci-fi like I might have this morning. You, you mean the very first one that had uh, Jeremy Irons in it? Yeah. I oh. am Dumbadar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I saw them. <laughs> I may own all I of them, I could not make it through the first one. Well, it had Marlon Wayans in it. It didn't matter who was in it. I mean, I could not make my way through that. Yeah, that's okay. So, um, I, 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 can we expect to see like some, I guess, thro- um, throwbacks then to to some of the earlier, um, some of your early influences and stuff? Do we can we expect to see like Dragonlance references or something? Uh, probably not. Um, although you know, I, I I will freely admit, warped beyond repair. Um, but a lot of what I am actually as a writer, what I what I would like to do in my own fantasy writing is try to get away from some of the things that are so much a part of things like Dragonlance and well, any 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 novel any fantasy novel that is based more or less on on gaming because of the quest structure, which awesome for games awesome for novels i find it um i can't write them <laughs> is the the short version I, I i can't write quests i've tried so i i have to find other things to do yeah the the other elements other i guess other things that would happen in that world other situations you'd have right. to do beyond slaying dragons and stuff like that right you know b- beyond um you know, the thingamabob that will let us kill the evil master lord of wherever is over yonder in that mountain guarded by that dragon. Go get it. I can't write those. I mean, really, I tried. <laughs> and I can't do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm trying to tell other stories in the same kind of worlds that those stories happen in. And so, um, I guess then... I then I'm presuming that adding the steampunk element to what we've... And, and then sort of redefining the elf and goblins as we know them, or as least we've come to know them, mm-hmm. is sort of redefining, I guess, uh, how, how we view the, uh, the fantasy genre. Um, it's certainly... Yeah, I mean, well... Sing, yes, yeah, single-handedly, I will revolutionize fantasy. No. <laughs> of course. Um, but... I, I think that that this is 
I think particularly secondary world fantasy, you know, fantasy and completely made up worlds is much, much more flexible Mm -hmm. than it mostly gets a chance to show. Um, I think there's lots of other kinds of stories that we could be telling. And I think that we need to tell, we need to start telling them because otherwise, you know, the genre calcifies and then it can't move and is, is killed by the next large predator to come along. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I would like to see epic fantasy branch out a little. And since I can't write quests myself, Yes, I am. I am boldly spearheading that possibly one-person movement. <laughs> <laughs> you might have gotten another person. Yeah, they could have been listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. To the barricades, boys. <laughs> uh, so then, um, when you were first crafting this world, as you said, you uh, world, world building is like kind of your thing. Um, what were some of the things that you said absolutely must be part of this? You know, things that you're either a fan of or you think would make the best story. And then can you tell us about some of the things you said? Nope, not at all. Well, okay, that's a, that's a good question. And I may have to think about it for a second. Um, in, obviously, I said, I will have elves. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to have elves, I will have goblins. Um, and I will have airships. I was very clear on that. And I, I was, I was trying to find way. I mean, one of the things that uh, there are many things that I find a little frustrating about epic fantasy, as it often gets trotted out over and over and over again. And and one of them is uh, the limited roles available to women which is a thing that is also a problem in the world of the Goblin Emperor because, yes, this is a patriarchal and patrilineal society. Women don't have very, much, don't have very many options, much like in Victorian England and Victorian France and many other parts of the world in the 19th century. Um, but the women in the world are also like the women in Victorian England, saying, wait a second... We could do more than this. We could do other things. Um, and I, I wanted to have that there just to say, yes, there there are other things women can do. Uh, they don't have to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking about this for another a, a post, I'm, a guest post I'm writing um, about Tolkien, mm-hmm. big influence love him dearly but there are very very few roles for women in Tolkien and I would like there to be more so that I mean that's that was something that I I was I was very carefully setting up the world so that I could talk about that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, I was very carefully setting up the world so I could talk about questions about technology and progress and industrialization and it turned out that I was although I really this is one of the things that had you asked me I would have said I I would know I ban this but it turned out I was carefully setting up the book to talk about politics because sometimes I outsmart myself (laughs) I am not a fan of I don't like politics I don't like novels with politics in them and get 
I, re- I write this novel, and that's all it is. It's like, why did you do this to yourself? Why? <laughs> well, at least you got it out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I worry that I will try this again, and, and again we'll say, no, there will be no politics. And again, I will look at it when I'm done and go, oh, dude, <laughs> this is wall-to-wall politics. What were you thinking? <laughs> yes, but it was goblin politics. Well, yes. Not what we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, well, human politics. I think we'll have around you, Revan. It's kind of rambling. human politics. Oh, okay. I remember Gen Con. Okay. <laughs> Fine. So with uh with with the book completed and you know you you um you uh, hopefully hopefully you'll get some more positive reviews. Uh, what is the one lesson you think you're going to take into your next book? Um. I guess if you had to pick one. Yes, because, well, every book brings many lessons. Um, Actually, I think looking at at this book and the responses I've been getting to it, um, and, okay, my first books, the main characters are anti-heroes, both of them. uh, Well, all four of them, is it, eventually. Um, They are very prickly, difficult, um, somewhat morally questionable people and the protagonist of this book is not he is very he is very ethically clear he is compassionate he is kind he is doing his best in a really lousy situation and everyone really seems to like that they like him they are happy to see a character who is like this in fantasy mm-hmm. and i think actually that's that is a lesson for me personally is that no the characters don't have to be jerks they can be nice it's okay yep and he's an emperor which i guess goes to show that nice guys certainly do finish first sometimes yes even when sometimes they wish they hadn't (laughs) 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 That's, that's that's very good um so, uh, Catherine, before we have before we go, um, wh- is there anywhere you're going to be next? Are you going to be speaking at any conventions, or are you going to be doing any book signings? Um, I will be at C2E2 on a panel about epic fantasy, um, and there is a signing right after that panel. So, if you find the panel on the schedule, block off the rest of the time for the signing. Um, I don't, I don't know of any other. Um, appearances yet but I, there may be some okay all right awesome and then uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you and perhaps uh keep on praises yeah keep on the praise because we're always <laughs> a big fan of that um and that or if they want to uh check out any of your other works or check out your blog where can they find you well okay um they can always find me on twitter my twitter handle is penny vixen p-e-n-n-y-v-i-x-e-n um, I have a live journal. My live journal handle is True Penny, T R U E, sorry, T R U E P E N N Y. I have two websites. One is CatherineAddison.com, obviously, and the other one, which is my real name, is Ceremonette.com. And those those places you can find me. I will be there. All right. Excellent. All right. right. Well, thank you again for coming on tonight, talking oh, about your book. You. Thank you very much for having me. Yep, Everyone out it. there, go pick this book up, because... Do it now. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because goblins, airships, elves, come on. Half 
goblin elves. And unintentional <laughs> politics. Yes. yes. Unintentional <laughs> politics within it. It'll be a great book. Pick it up. It's Team Bridges. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way to turn that into a weapon. I am totally <laughs> hearing those in my head, the Steam yeah. Bridges. So. <laughs> Thank you again, and uh, we'd love to have you back on. Yeah, oh, when, yeah. yeah. When, you, when, you, when your next book comes out, please let us know. We'll have you back on. You bet. I'd love to. Awesome. Thank you very much for being on with us, Catherine. All right. All right. Thank have you. Have a wonderful and... evening. Yeah, good night. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, All everyone. Right. That was... That was Catherine Anderson, everyone, yes. author of The Goblin Emperor. Hooray! Yay! I, I, there's not really a lot of people like around the table or anything, so I'm trying to simulate high vibes ah! and noise. <laughs> Ooh, go. Ah. I don't know yeah, what a I, goblin I, says. Not, I mean, these goblins sound <laughs> a little more intelligent than normal goblins. <laughs> yeah. so. I'm trying here. And he's half an elf, so he's definitely going to be. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's his elf side. Nah. So, they're very so he's got the pinky out. Why <laughs> one tooth is out? Yeah. I think he's just got magnificent hair. Yeah. That's how I picture it. And he's staring down at you yeah. from uh, yeah. a yeah. very silken from his airship. Yeah. 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 Huh? Very nice. So he's got the height of an elf, no. the build of a goblin. I don't think you can have the height of an elf, the build of a goblin. I think that's the same thing. How about the short? <laughs> so maybe not. All right. Hey, she might not have them short. So that's there true. you go. <laughs> she may not have short elves. No. But there's airships. So, yes. however, because you guys instigated this, Smog is not a dragon. He is a fire drake. Did you just Google this? I did. Is that what you're <laughs> like, doing? Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> oh, so Man, who's yeah. wrong? I never called him a dragon. You called him a wyvern. Well, a drake <laughs> is actually a cousin to a wyvern. Yes, and they're subspecies of dragons. Nope, they are not subspecies of dragons. Yes, like so we don't believe it. Wow, did I... Did I just, like, step into, like, some you did. other dweeb zone you or did. something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You stepped right into the dragon trap. Way to go. Dragons are passion. <laughs> They're a passion of mine. Just like Doctor Who. I, and you should have known that it wasn't a wyvern. I get... <laughs> if it's a passion, you Drake? obviously don't know. Well, drakes aren't dragons, so, hey. All right. I just knew it wasn't a dragon. We'll move on. Conversation. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm just going to rule it there. Boom. It's over. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So, <laughs> The Goblin Emperor, you can pick it up any bookstore out there. It's also available on Amazon. I highly suggest you go to DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Click on the Amazon link. Do a search for it. Pick it up that way. Because you get the book. No extra cost to you. And Amazon sends us some love. We, we get a little slice of that love. We do. So, That's unfortunately, right. it doesn't sound we, like it's on Audible, right? Yeah, not yet. So, and no. we all know we could all use a little bit more love. Yeah. However, I'm just going to throw it out there now. Anyways, if you go to our website as well, we have an, an Audible link. You can click on that, sign up for a free 30-day trial, get a free audiobook. It could be from anything of their thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of audiobooks. Like out there. Words of Radiance. You can pick up Words of Radiance, which is normally $72. You get it for free. Ooh. Come on. You just saved yourself 72 bucks. How is that not awesome? And then they send us some love, too. And you can cancel after 30 days, or you can continue to do so. It's a monthly subscription. I think the lowest level is like fourteen ninety five, and you get a free audiobook every month. You get one credit with that fourteen ninety five, and you get a free audiobook. Even that $72 book, you can pay on that one, uh, that one credit. It's awesome. That's all I do. I can't read anymore. Man, they, it's not because I can't read. It's because, because I don't have time. Because I don't have time. <laughs> so I listen to audiobooks on my 
drive, drive to work. To work yeah. Home, yeah. The kids off. Yeah. All that stuff. He just sits in his car the rest of the night. It only took <laughs> me three weeks to finish Words of Radiance by listening to audio. Cheater. I it's a long book. I don't envy That's that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was an awesome book. Three weeks though. Yeah. Well, hey, it's taken me a lot longer to go through book number six. That's at least of two Wheel hours of, of listening a day. Wheel of Time. Wow. It's over a thousand pages. Yeah. Lots of fun. But it's an awesome book. So if you if you want to compare the Stormlight Stormlight Archives to Wheel of Time, I would say go read those. All right. Don't read Wheel of Time. Don't even bother. Until you get to like the last three that Brandon wrote, and then that's great. Because they actually move at a decent pace. Uh, well, the first uh, book is okay. The first book is okay, but the rest feel like filler episodes. You know, when you're watching your favorite TV series and you get that one episode that you're like, why what? did they yeah, put this the in one, here? Like, you're happy you DVR'd it so you can skip through yeah. it at the end? Yeah. yeah I that. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of the Will of Time books. Because uh, always the first hundred pages. Well, it's because it was like so successful. It's like, let's stretch this out. Come on, we can get another book out of this. Oh, you can do another book here. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to live forever, so I'll be... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what is he at? I mean, how many books are there in the series? 12? 13? 13? Yeah. So. I think Connor reads them. Do you? Connor has read the first one. I can... Exactly. The whole book was about hiking. That was it. So, why would you want to read more? It's like, oh, guess what the second book was about? They made it to the waterfall. And they spent the day playing there. I, I, I mean, literally, that's <laughs> literally how it seems like these books go. Hey, there's nothing wrong with playing in a waterfall. No. You know, we're going to make a lot of people angry. Yes, I know. If you, like, if you do like World of Time, that's awesome. If you're offended by anything you just heard, it's Flagoon. Email Flagoon. He actually wrote all these lines for us to yes. read. He'll be back next week. Yes. With the emails. It'll be awesome. <laughs> You know, he should start. I'm gonna start having him read those. Uh, but dude, you are stupid. La, la, la. I'm gonna start sending. We got it. But we have to censor words. All right. So or we're gonna take a small them. break. We're gonna stretch our legs. We're gonna play a couple of tunes. Then we'll come back. We'll do some geek news, some gamer forge, and maybe we won't insult your neighbor's cat. We will insult Flagoon, though. Okay. Or your neighbor's dog. That works. Mm, kind of a bowl. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. I love you. <laughs> Joe loves Welcome everyone. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. I love you. We'll be back. Hi, this is Ed Greenwood. You're listening to Dungeon Crawls Radio and Crawl Baby Crawl. Attention, people of Earth. This is Zorak, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawler Radio, featuring Revan, a guy named Joe, the great and powerful Lord Lagoon, and Firebird. So listen up. Down at the mall Is the one who's got it all The answer to my prayers Just two doors down from Sears I was surprised Cause they mostly hire guys She's the girl She's the girl at the video game Nice to me, she helped me buy my weed. 
really get the membership card. It's only $15, and it comes with a free magazine subscription. I totally want that. She was nice to me. She's my final fantasy. She's the girl. She's the girl at the video game.
The tacos have been raining down upon you. Welcome back to Dungeon Cars Radio. We just finished. I heard Amber, and we talked about some other things and some other things off air. No, we need a flamenco flur so we can have it raining tacos. Oh, that thing. Yeah. My brain just went like, what were you talking about? Did someone strike you in the head? Meatballs, like, quote? Yes. Yeah. That was the name of Because it's the flimintifler. How do you not know that? I didn't know. I didn't realize it until you said it the second time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah, that, that, that thing. I even saw the second movie, and I still didn't remember the name. I didn't catch it until you said it raining. I mean, the only... Part of the entire set that remembers. There's a leak in the boat, and there's a leak, you know, the vegetable, vegetable. in in the in the car. Otherwise, oh, and Taco Supreme or Tacadillo Supreme. Other than that, I can't remember a so single the thing. The only thing you remember is what was in the trailer. Ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just the movie was. I want to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. If I have a bad or you're tripping on Smarties again. I might have been on Pixie Sticks. Could, that I could have been. Yeah. So, by the way, Ben, yeah. you never want to see me on energy drinks and pixie sticks. I no. Three days with you at Gen Con, remember? I know. There was no pixie sticks involved. Wait, who's just or, energy drink after energy drink? No, I didn't drink that many energy drinks. Oh, that many? He, he only remembers the first one. I think I only one. did one. <laughs> one. I think I only did one. one. He can only remember the first but one. It's like an alcoholic. But at Comic-Con, <laughs> they did get yeah, the Stolen Droid guys gave me a Mountain Dew with ginseng. <laughs> His eyes. They all so big, like he's waiting to get another yeah, you one. Know, you they know all worn. Gets all hopped up on sugar and he turns into Cornholio. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yes, yes. That. Exactly. I was there with the ginseng thing. I know it was awesome. I can't wait till next week. <laughs> no, I'm bringing some monsters. Anybody no. that happens to be listening to the show and will be at Fanex, if you give him a Mountain Dew with ginseng or any other energy drink, do plan on being, you know. Hugged. Yeah. Hugged. 
or beaten. I will for gladly that. hug Karen Gillan. <laughs> He's just got this smile on his face He's now. Like, like, yeah, yeah, buddy. Who wouldn't? Uh, Amy Pond? Come, come on. on. Uh, yeah. right, so let's move on to the news. She can call me Raggedy Man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That went up to meet her. The guy, he's crazy. He's a creeper. All right. So who's got some geek news? Joe's got geek news. I do. All right. Let's see. Do we want to start with the interesting little bit, or do we want to start with the fun <laughs> bit, or do we want to start with the not-so-fun bit? Um, Let's go with the not-so-fun not so uh, let's see here. So it's been kind of rumored lately that uh, Guy Ritchie's new movie will be uh, King Arthur. It's finally got itself a release date of 2016, July 22nd. Besides, so if you're really a fan of Guy Ritchie's work, and I am, except for that one movie with McDonough, because that was really weird. It's not the movie he met her on, and they yeah. got married. Yep. And yeah. Divorced yep. And yeah. Everybody it, stopped caring about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Which is most of Hollywood's yeah, since relationships. Tried, uh, uh, so what is up with 2016? Because Matt, Superman yeah. versus Batman has now been pushed back to 2016. Yep. Captain America 3 has now been announced for that. Like, Same day. Yeah, I know. So I know which one I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I know, too. Yeah, I'm going to choose between the Take two. Go to both. I won't do the same day. Do a 10 o'clock showing of Captain America 3 and a midnight showing of Man of Steel, or the Superman versus Batman. Let's do it. Okay. Done. Okay. I'll go with you guys to Captain. Yeah. I'm just not going to do Ben date. Affleck. I mean, come on. <laughs> we have planned our date two years ago. I got to see the twins at the very end of Captain yeah. America. Did you stay for the second credit yes. scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had, to con- I had to convince my wife that there was going to be another one. She's just like, why are we waiting through the credits? Like, there's always two here. There's been- has to be. The, the one at the very end wasn't that spectacular. That was for fans, though. It was. That was for no, fans. That was. It was. It was. But the first one, oh... Yes. Strucker. Mm-hmm. They were already announced to be in the movie anyway. Yes. Yeah, so there's no... Well, so big so there's another rumor flying around that Nathan Fillion may appear in the credits of Guardians. Of Guardians. Well, it makes sense. James they, Gunn's directing. Well, yeah, and which they're big fans. Yeah, he did Slither with them. But th- another thing is, because Josh Whedon is the Marvel movie genius... Yeah. There may be a conversion of Firefly into the Marvel Universe. He may be showing up what? in Malcolm's costume. That would be hilarious. You just excited way too many people. I think this, we've this just is a blown rumor going around. around because I think, I think I he, was, he was now. at a recent con. And hey, I talking about it. He's, like, he's like, no, I could be in the credits. I might be. I might not be. He's at, you may have to check it out. He's at Salt Lake Comic Con, right? He yeah, will be. Yeah, he'll be at Fenix. Maybe. Need to ask him. Don't ask him anything else. Just ask him. We should ask him. All right, let's ask him. What we could do? Let's. Yeah, we're going to get an interview with him. Done. He's only going to be there Friday. Yeah, that's fine. We'll make it happen. But we'll make it happen. We'll be like, so. Uh, we're going to be the guy following him around, <laughs> asking questions as he's running from us. Well, <laughs> I don't have to worry about Revin, security. Revan will be in his security. Outfit. Yeah, we don't have to worry about security. <laughs> so we, we've got security on our side. Oh, we do. Don't we? we do. Yeah, so they'll help trap him in for us. <laughs> as long as I bribe security with lots of Mountain Dew and candy bars, I think we're good. This is not going to end well for us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll straight. have a restraining order <laughs> next <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
long as we get it on video, that's all that matters. Tasing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm chasing him and I get tased and it's on video, that's awesome. And then when you go to meet Karen, we'll bring the video with us. <laughs> sorry and give you a hug. Exactly. <laughs> it works. I was asking a question. <laughs> all right, so episode seven. Uh, they will be returning to Tatooine. They are bringing it currently out in the desert. Out in, what, Tunisia? Why or don't they just use the old set? That is out in Yuma, Arizona. Yeah. Well, it's all buried now. The, the sand yeah. has reclaimed it. The sand has reclaimed really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Because oh. of the, shit, the, the winds and that, it is buried. And it would yeah. be more costly, costly to dig it up than to build a new one. Is it for sale? We should buy this. <laughs> we can... Come on, think <laughs> about it. We could broadcast live from Tatooine. <laughs> Look at the tagline. <laughs> yeah, it could we be an excuse to wear a Jedi outfit. Yeah. We're broadcasting like, We need an excuse. Yeah. No, no, no. Not Tatooine. We're broadcasting live from Uncle Owens. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it, yeah. I think it's a good idea. I could still smell his charred body. Yeah. <laughs> There's some barbecue going on outside, but we're, we're going live. We let our own CPR dummy on fire when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be a great tagline. Twin sons are steaming hot, but it's nice and cool at Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're at Uncle Owen's. The barbecue in the back. Yeah, and then just have the cooler. But a little fleshy, but we're good. (laughs) Well, actually, it smells like pork. Just so in case you were wondering how human flesh smells, is it first? How do you know this? Who doesn't know this? Lagoon's not here to tell us, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next? Who's next? Uh, uh, the big one was Colbert's taking over for Letterman. David Letterman. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What, 2015. That okay, uh, far out? Oh, wait, no, that's next year. Yeah. <laughs> that far out? How much caffeine have you had? Barely late enough. Wait. <laughs> That's forever. And J- Joe is sporting our new Dungeon Crawlers t-shirt. Yeah, we'll take a picture later. We'll post it without his knowledge. We'll do our video. video what Joe? you missed. Joe and he, everyone can see yeah. Joe in his Dungeon Crawlers glory. He's a redhead, too. Uh, there are more redheads. Where, where's Firebird? Firebird, are you still there? Did we lose her? I think she's... <laughs> we didn't even notice her. Oh. oh. Just kind of dropped, and, and unfortunately, St. Louis has sort of had a spotty reputation with its uh, with its internet connection. So, so this is a little spotty reputation. We'll just end there. Firebird, where are you? Not Firebird. No. All right, hold on. Well, as, it still says she's connected. As Revan tries to find Firebird, I'm going to go with my geek news. Go, go, go. Amazon has acquired Comicsology. Yes, I heard they bought that. So, your Kindle will have even more comics, but not really. <laughs> they just have, you know, a bigger old library than before. Well, that's good value. Not, there's no like, price changes, correct? Uh, apparently not. This is good, then. This, yeah. is, this sounds like nothing but good news. It sounds like they're just they're looking to get some more content, which I don't blame them. Yeah, that's, especially in such content-rich ground. I can say is Amazon. They bought Audible. I mean, they own Audible now, and look. I mean, that thing's massive, giant. Why not go for the comics? They've got audiobooks. They've got books. Go for comics. What's next, world? What's next? Hasbro. Yeah, 
they have already Universal in a deal. Yeah, that's how we that's how we keep getting Transformers and. Yeah, and, oh, and no, they, own, they own Wizards of the Coast. That's that how we end up with the Battleship the movie. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. Right, let's, let's not even open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. But for those that are bronies, that's how we also got My Little Pony. Which is now leaving their adult male fan base. It is. Yeah, they're converted. They want, they're retargeting towards the girls. That's the because... Girls. Uh, Craig McCracken's wife, Lauren, left the show to focus on other things, like the newer Powerpuff Girls. Wait, huh? There's a new Powerpuff Girls, or is that just a movie? No, no, they're older. They're in their teenage years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they don't. They look all weird. Yeah. But, so, you know... they change the animation style? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Huh. But, you know, it's there. So... That's part of why it's also changing. So they're going to not have it so much for the... Uh, not that the first season was, anyway. Yeah, it just sort of happened to catch on. Although they still have references where I'm pretty sure most kids won't get since they're from movies from the 80s. Hey, yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, Fox, we already know that uh, James is at least three Avatar sequels. Fox wants more. Why? Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Money. Money. I'm sorry. One was enough. I don't see how they could make another. <laughs> oh, my Sacrilege gosh. Sacrilegious as may be, I wasn't a fan of Avatar. Was I wasn't headache. either. Give it, me a headache. Okay. I, honestly, it, it was a decent movie. But you got the same problem, that, uh, except for with Aliens, that you have with James Cameron movies. Where I, like, seems, I like how he has to like, yeah. go especially aside for yeah. that one. Well, well that, one that, one magic. Is, that one's magic. Otherwise, it's like he forgets his game, his goal point. And then he just goes off on this story and he's like, wait a minute, I was supposed to tell this story. And then suddenly crams that in. Yeah. I mean, that's literally well, how it, Avatar was. Well, it shows that, um, uh, you know, like, let, let, let's take two examples here. Um, the Terminator mm-hmm. and Aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was when he's working with certain people, they help keep him in line. Yeah. But when he is not working with them, because you could definitely see, um, it's namely what Gail Ann Hurd, yeah. who you could definitely feel her influence on those two movies. But then as soon as she's not working with him, it suddenly becomes uh, uh, helter skelter, all, all yeah. kinds of crazy smorgasbords of craziness, mm-hmm. and often forget that, well, know, sort of what what. What was going on halfway through the movie? I mean, it's like Titanic. Okay. You have this weird love story going on, and the movie's pacing okay, and then you get to the point where it hits the iceberg, and then we have to slow down to real time that it takes the boat to sink. The only thing I remember from the Titanic movie was I was two VHS tapes long. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even bother because they're all the 15-year-old all girls. All I remember is I went to it. It was back in high school. I went to it with my girlfriend. Came out of that because I didn't cry. And I'm like, wow, that I just lost a portion of my life I will never get back. I was, no, I still did, ended up with her. They're still with her. But she's like, you are a cold, heartless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's, that's Lagoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that after watching uh, Meet Joe Black, it's like, it's uh, not that great of a movie. Except for that beginning, gets hit by the car. That was awesome. The rest of the movie could have been thrown away. I could watch that scene over and over again, though. Does, that, Brad Pitt. does, that, does that make us cold? 
I don't think that was just cold. <laughs> it's just we, we derive our entertainment value from different things. Different no, I actually. Explosions. I'll be honest. There are movies that I do, you know, to pull at the, emo- at the Dragons. heartstrings, and I'm going, <laughs> you know what? This is actually pretty good, and I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of them that are like, that was super awesome. <laughs> okay. So I'm really confused right now. So. Yeah, so- we're obviously broadcasting. Skype is doing some weird thing, so we've lost Firebird, like, almost 20 minutes ago. Yeah. It tried calling her back, Yeah. but didn't work. She sent us a message. It, it's now in not responding mode. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, We're going to have to try to figure out how to get her. The we Skype can, gods can, are against her. We can brighten the mood <laughs> up a little bit. Uh, the Girl Boy World trailer dropped. Yes. Yeah, we saw that on our Facebook page. Yeah. I may have just shared it out. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, I grew up in the 90s. I watched Boy Meets World. See, I was just past that age group. Like, I was just past that, and was, that's when I started focusing on Dude, other things. Mr. So, Feeny. Kit, he did the voice for Kit. He was Kit the car. How can yes. you not oh. like that? It, I, I, every time I'd just be, like, laying there watching the show, and I'd just hear his voice, I'm like, oh... Corey's talking to Kit. <laughs> See, I had the problem of... vision of him, like, laying there with his eyes closed, <laughs> watching Boy Meets World, dreaming about Mr. Feeney. He's got, he's got his, like, he's got his... Uh, Dude, I love Night Rider. And his footy pajamas, yeah. Night Rider, footy pajamas. Night Rider, awesome. 10 by 8 lithograph, or, you know, he's got a shiny <laughs> autograph picture of Kit, and he's just, like, clutching it close to his chest. He's like, I don't Ooh. have a picture, I have a model. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a frame poster of a tire track. Like. <laughs> I may have a portion of the car's tire tread from the actual tire. Yes. Surprisingly. <laughs> I do have the key to Erebor, so hey, why not have... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Nuka. I don't know who the heck that is. But they are releasing a really cool uh, line of superhero-styled watches. So you can pick up your own Wonder Woman. Green Lantern, Batman, Flash, and Superman. They make nice watches, yeah. by the way. Watches. I mean, these are pretty cool looking. Where, where, so they're including them, but they're not including, like, Kite Man? No. Why is Kite Man not included on this list? Well, there's a reason for this. He sucks. That, that <laughs> makes no difference. That is irrelevant to the idea okay, so, of, so as of you a supervillain that uses Kite. As you can see, obviously, Aquaman got left out. So Kite Man doesn't get included either. Oh, but everybody knows Aquaman's the best. Don't knock Aquaman. The new 52 under Johns, he was a badass. This, however, no. did you see the the uh, the new 52 uh, movie movie the animated movie that they did for Orange, which covered the the new Justice League ones? Yes, I think I have that. Or I've started watching it and then I fell asleep three yeah. times now. Well, <laughs> and the movie Aquaman's not in it. Really? They, they took Aquaman out and put Shazam in. Well, all right. So, <laughs> you know what? And, and no Kite Man. So, Evan, this is a so Aquaman completely gets screwed they because they us, actually make him cool and they take him out. And they give us a kid who jumps to puberty when he yells Shazam. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he turns into the rock and back again. Gotta be let down. Like, hey, I'm the rock and now I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not Man, only that. That's dashing your dreams, yeah. right? Yeah. So. What can you do? <laughs> oh, man. Wasn't that old like, plot line of Shazam where he was an adult, he fell in love, and then he went back to being a kid and had to explain to the fact that he's not a mid-30-year-old guy? Yes. 
and he's like 14. Yeah, I saw that movie. It was with Tom Hanks and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and they they did the thing with the little piano keys in the middle of the mall and stuff right there. That, I saw that. That was great. <laughs> I'm gonna find that YouTube clip and let everybody watch it again. <laughs> That's what happens to Shazam. Apparently, you turn to Tom Hanks. At least it wasn't Steel. So, uh, Firebird's <laughs> texting me her geek news. So, apparently, uh, Ubisoft has announced that the Ghost Recon Phantoms has officially been released for PC and is also available on the Steam gaming portal. Ooh. I like Steam. I'm a fan of Steam. Yeah, Connor's over here shaking his head. That's a solid, it's a solid service. Okay. And then, again, of course, she just uh, is talking about David Letterman, but. Been announced. So, okay, awesome. So, so any yeah, other so geek like, news? Uh, one last, uh, one last. Video. We covered the whole Stephen Colbert thing, so I thought that was pretty cool. It's kind of a shame he won't be on the Comedy Central anymore, but you know, I'd take what I can get. So, uh, looks like my boyfriend Daniel Craig has uh, just quit the uh, courtroom drama The Whole Truth, uh, co-starring with uh, Renee Zellweger. Um, so far, it's undisclosed as to why he left production or why he left the movie and production on the film has completely halted. Wow! They were supposed to go. They were supposed to start filming on Monday, I think. Uh, the fourth, yeah, they'll be filming uh, April the fourteenth. But since he left, uh, now the whole thing is just kind of whoof, up in the air. But you know what? It's Daniel Craig. He'll land on his feet. He's got Bond 24. He's got Bond. Yeah, he's yeah. got the next two Bonds coming out. I think he probably out. had a valid reason. Yeah. I would, um, I'm Bond. I, I, okay, I, all right. <laughs> I wouldn't argue with him. I have a license to kill. Get me out of my contract. He does. Or you will know what happens. <laughs> Let's see. MGM versus whoever is producing this one. I think they're going to win out. At this point, yeah, I think MG, MGM kind of pulled out of their bankruptcy. Oh, they definitely did. Yeah. That oh, was absolutely. a pretty spectacular turnaround. I actually had a couple more things that I ran. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, that's over. Oh, so that was fast. The gremlins took over the airwaves. Yeah. So we apologize about that. We were At least they weren't on a wing. And then suddenly yeah. we were gone. But so we're, back. we're back. So uh, again, okay. we apologize about that because we've had a glitch like that in a long time. Let's yeah. Let's let, let's not let's not talk about glitches. Yeah. Let, let's not. No glitch. Hey, glitches can be good. Just look at Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, man, she could drive because of her glitching. <laughs> Aren't the guys from Gremlins going to be at? Yes, the guy. Experience? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. So you get the guy, Alex, I think. What, the guy that owned Gizmo. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to be there. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is going to be there. <laughs> Mickey Dolan's originally <laughs> from. Now? Yeah. How old is Elvira? 97? Really? No. She's old. <laughs> but I still want to get an interview with her because she's Elvira. Um, I was never a fan. That's okay. Anyway, so... Um, you know, Mickey Dolan's from The Monkees. I mean, the list just continues to go on. Pe- people from The Walking Dead. So almost the entire bridge crew of Star Trek Next Generation. Um, LeVar 62. Burton had to... Had to 
had to, to bow out, unfortunately, because you got a movie deal or something like that. Do you blame him? Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. No. Dude, that's yeah. work. I, I yeah. can make money or, or do this. I'm making money. Is it the, like, the continuance of Reading Rainbow? Because I'm a fan of that. I don't know what it was. I think we should make that happen. I, just as long as they do the uh, Doors version of the song <laughs> that Jimmy Fallon did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so what were you talking about before? Oh, yeah, so I read somewhere today that we are getting a Sinister Six movie. That was big news this week, too. Yeah. I want to say Drew Goodard was tapped as the director. And then we're also supposed to be getting a Venom movie, both of these before Spider-Man 4, which means we're getting another two Spider-Man movies, which, yeah. well, take that for what you will. So, I kind of burned you know, I, I kind of like the There's a one. reason for this. So Marvel has announced they're going to do three to four, no, excuse me, not three to four. They have officially announced they are doing four movies a year. Not only that... No, no we're talking Marvel... Marvel movies. Not only that, they are planned out to 2026. Not Sony, not Fox. Specifically Disney Marvel. Just, no, all just Marvel, Marvel just movies. Just counting it as they one. Are, even though Sony and Fox own X-Men and, uh, and Spider-Man, Fox, they are still working with them. Not in that and order. And they are going to include that in there. So As part of that couldn't scheduling. Couldn't they have done yeah. it sooner so we didn't have two Quicksilvers? Well, uh, that's more of an issue with uh, because since um, Fox has the X-Men franchise yeah. and then Disney has the other, the Avengers. Everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the other franchise. They couldn't get the two to sync well, up contract-wise. The, so I wish we could. I'm kind of weirded out having two different Quicksilvers. Yeah. Well, but, and we got two yeah. Ant-Man Yeah, but, but the Avengers Age of Ultron, <laughs> though, it has vowed to explain why that is. Like, okay. well, no, why there's the, the, the reason the dissonance it, between the two. Well, the biggest reason is because is the X-Men one is going to involve time. Time travel. A time travel, which mm-hmm. is going yeah, to so that change is, that things. Yeah, so that is being up. addressed. However... I now am really into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of Captain America. I now understand all the craziness that's happened in the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Everything it all makes sense. Explained. Which I hope it saves, though, because S.H.I.E.L.D. was going down. It, it was, was, but, but the, the, what, there was a lack of explanation. Now, yeah. now we have that Now we have the explanation because However, of Captain However, I, I do feel that that's sort of a flaw in the storytelling that it takes. It takes a movie to yeah, make it's ba- it Basically, the television series came to be just a big build-up to the movie. See, I think that's kind of a cheat, though. Because oh, the really, because, the, because the television series could easily tell a story. It, it is good marketing. Oh, but, yeah, good marketing. I'll oh, see, that. That, that's the thing, though. But, that's all it is. It's marketing. Yeah. I mean, we're, they'll try to give us a good story, too. Of course, it's gonna be, this one started out so-so at the beginning. But, but, the, but that's really what it, where it all cuts down to. They're like, let's see how we can tie our universe together and make it, you know, more money. But I wish they would have... <laughs> put in the caveat in the beginning, all of this, everything that happens in the TV series is tied and connected to our movies. Yeah, but if you had you done that, th- though, they, they would actually said that when they announced it. I don't we remember just, I don't think that. we just paid enough think, attention to it. I think the issue is it's a year later. Yeah. Like, they've had a year in between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiere and Captain America. Movie. Well, almost, yeah. Yeah, and people lose that connection. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was falling out of it, and then I went, oh, i got to watch these at least for the show. And then I got to the... I didn't watch last night's, but I watched the last one, and I'm like, okay, now where? And then I saw Captain America, I'm like, oh my gosh, it all makes oh. sense now. <laughs> you haven't watched the one for this week? Then I can't talk Look. about all the things that happened. No, oh, no, game can't. of spoilers, you absolutely can. No, you can't. Game I will of throw Game of spoilers. Fight. We're going to move forward. So, however, <laughs> we got a message 
So our dropping was not our issue. Apparently, Blog Talk, because that's who we go through, is having some issues, experiencing issues with their lines. Ah. So, uh, so we promised we didn't so leave you in put Flagoon over at the, by their lines. Well, that's what happens when you put them in a cave. He just starts <laughs> blowing crap up and shooting at things. Because... He probably saw a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's more like he probably... Thought he saw a zombie. Air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> you can really see those over the air. <laughs> I know. Gotta love air quotes. Um, and, and what else we have? We have anything else? No, that's it. We should probably jump into uh, Geek News. Oh, wait, or, one more Game thing. Okay. For those who care, Kevin Smith is releasing a new movie in like three weeks. He's also three talked weeks. about uh, eh. Clerks 3 and yeah. 4. Eh. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. Eh. It's on demand May 6th. They already did it. They already did their animated series. Their cartoon series was probably their best, in my opinion. Yeah, the Clerks animated series was golden. All right. ABC screwed that one up. Of course they did. You can't put this Clerks on ABC. Yeah, that's bad. Well, it was was a lot of it had to do with, like, bad timing, too, because they were... ABC was also shopping around for the the show... um, Oh, gosh, now I can't remember it. There was a television show that came around uh, around the same time. Oh, there was gosh. a lot of them. Um, <laughs> well, he thinks that up. I'll also throw a couple trailers on there. The How to Train Your Dragon 2 trailer dropped today. The, Not the teaser, the actual trailer. The actual trailer. trailer. Um, and the Red Band trailer for Jump Street 20, 22 Jump Street dropped today, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Red it, Band? Yeah. <laughs> not safe for work. Send all those emails to plug I honestly yeah, didn't see that they would even made another one. I've warned you. It actually looks really funny. Oh. Yeah, I made Connor the, the, watch it. I don't think he was very happy with me. But <laughs> the first one just looks so, so horrible. You know how he said Lagoon Strap probably messaged, messing stuff up? He just messaged me saying he's hacking the system. Like, oh, <laughs> well, then there you go. Because there's a zombie in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the justification he needs. Yes. All right, so onwards to the Gamma Forge. Gamer Forge. We have a Gamer Forge. Ah, you know, I gotta say that one of the that last question that we took on last week was excellent. I wasn't here, so I know. was. Yeah, I had to. I'm leave. hoping. I'm hoping that we get one that good. Did right. we ever find out if his fellow guild members were listening? I made the guild part up. Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing people listened last week because I have a message from don't want to say. From don't want to say. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, GCR guys, what is the best way to roll up ability stats in AD&D? Roll 3d6 for each stat, roll 4d6, and drop the lowest number. Go with a pool of ability points and that you have to divide out. What is the best way? I think it depends. Really, I would say... Because AD&D I love. That's what I, I started in. I played it for years. It's really... What you want to go with? Because like, if like, you're, like yeah. Revan's love in his black heart goes to yes. AD&D. Yeah. Well, I, I like third edition. Fourth edition, I hate. We'll see on D and D next. Yes, it comes out this summer. But uh, AD and D was just really fun. Rolling stats was probably the most painful part of building a character because you could do the the pool amount where you get twenty points and you got to divide it out, and you can't divide anything evenly. Yeah, of course, some, so. something's yeah. gonna wind up. Something's uh, gonna fu- uh, on an odd up, number. Yeah. Even doing the three d six for each stat, if you roll crappy, you're you got a crappy character. Yeah. Now and the biggest you gotta take. Yeah, and, but the biggest problem with 
AD&D is you had to have specific uh, st- ability stats to have certain classes. Yeah, like it, if you were if you were planning on being a paladin and you rolled anything less than like a 14, well, well no, too bad. Paladin, you had to have <laughs> like, you had to have three ability stats that you were at a certain point it value in to be a paladin. Yeah. You know, like a wizard, you had to have above a 16 intelligence. And Makes you're good. Sense. Yeah. yeah. A fighter, you had to have above a 14 strength. You're good. Uh, rogue, you had to have above a, a 15... I could be wrong on these. 15 dexterity. I mean, so it was pretty yeah, simple. It was rogue, one um, ability stat. Yeah, assassin was the only one that had... Assassin, you had like two... two. And then you had to have certain well, even then, even, uh, like, skills or something. Yeah, it's a lot. You had three assassin, requisites. Yeah, Assassin was a little bit different in that, like, once you had, like, if your score was below a certain level, I, yeah. think, it's, I think if your charisma was below, like, an eight or something yeah. like that, it so, says, like, you can only be an Assassin if your charisma is below eight. Yeah. So, I, so you, probably uh, the, the, the most fair and best way would be the 4d6. You're still... Running a chance of having a crappy yeah, stat. There's, yeah, there's going to... Well, I mean, you're, I like you're the pool. A Honestly, I like the point pool. Well, Oh, I'm a fan of that, too. I agree. I yeah. would have to say it depends on, is this a brand new group? If it's a brand new group, maybe go with the 46, because then they're going to have some more better uh, stats than you probably get. I know, that was a crappy yeah, word. Yeah, but anyways, I'm glad somebody else said something. I'm, <laughs> try, I'm trying not to go on a Mountain Dew buzz. Uh, <laughs> You're not. Yeah. Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by more better stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so email Lord Lagoo. Yeah. No. As Robin opens his Mountain Dew again. Yep, again. Down. Um, but ultimately, it's got to be your choice. If you're the D, if don't want to say. Yeah. If you're, if you are the DM, just pick it. And go with it. Yeah, but everyone plays by the same everyone, rules. Every person that's rolling a character goes by the same way. And, you know, live with it. You could have a character that, you know, let's look at the, the, the Dragonlance model. You know, Raceland was a really powerful wizard, but he had a very crappy constitution. Mm-hmm. He was very weak. He was frail. He was very frail. But you could still play with that. Oh, yeah. Because he was very strong magically. That just because someone has a low stat doesn't mean your character's hosed. Mm-hmm. You just need to come up with a creative way yeah. to make your character useful. Now, I um, back at uh, back at LTUE, I actually had a discussion with some of the people after our panel yeah. about this exact thing: um, the the benefits of using the point by system or the standard score array um, that some of the newer books uh, list out for you. I was a huge fan of this. Is to go back to. Um, to what, uh, to what Chris was saying is that the you know the uh, the, the score array or the point by system either way it, it comes out to about the same yeah. you know they they plan it out that way it's it, it's just a matter of what do you want the points to be um, but they end up being the same uh, the, with the point by system it starts everyone off on a level playing field and it guarantees at least one one high end stat and one low end stat so you're going to get something with an eight and you're going to get something with like a sixteen I think is the high end so you do get sort of a, a a a middle ground on that one so everyone has that shortcoming that they have to start making up for and then they also get something really awesome so that they're not completely not awesome see I like the point system also because of uh, what well, like you guys were saying. With the uh, like assassin or the paladin, you actually can get it instead of being crapped out. And, like, I wanted to be a paladin, but I guess I don't have the stats now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in AD and D, the the point 
I think you got like 50 points to divvy out, which pretty much gives you an eight in everything and then gives you like two points left over. So if you were to go evenly across everything, and ten's average. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to unbalance something. Oh, yeah. In there. Yeah. Um, and maybe I, maybe there, there's a higher one. I, I, again, it's been a while since I pulled my yeah, book. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think the AD&D book actually has in it. It does. The, the point it, it, it does. It, it actually, it actually gives kinda... all three, three uh, the three options they've listed. Oh, okay. Um, plus a couple others. Okay. Um, which was great. But again, it depends on how you want to play. If it's a bunch of newbies, maybe the 46. Yeah, is maybe 46 dropped the lowest. If it's, if it's a cut, you got some people that do yeah. know how to play a little bit, maybe the 3D6. You know, if you got some really rugged, hardcore gamers, maybe go with the point by system because it's going to make them really have to think on how they want to build their yeah, character. I, see, I would almost go in the opposite direction. I would think that the, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fan of the point by and standard score array yeah. just in general. I think it's good for newbies. It, it, it definitely is. It absolutely is. So that way no one is getting an unequal footing mm-hmm. from the start of the game because I think that sets an unrealistic expectation down the road. Oh, yeah. Because, well, I mean, what happens when those characters are still alive a year from now and that one person is still lagging behind incredibly in their scores? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a gap. Because let's say, you know, let's say one person has, you know, let, um, let's say one person has like a 10 strength yeah. and then the next person up has a, an 18 double aught strength. Yeah. You know, well, there's a huge, huge and gap. The, and the thing with AD&D is, unlike, you know, third edition or fourth, you don't get extra ability points as you level up. You know, yeah, you have to find magical items to boost you. Yeah, or because if you have a two, you're stuck with you're, that two. You're, yeah, until you, you, you find something to augment that. Although if you're stuck with a two, I think technically you're not playable. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need a minimum score of three in anything, I think, to actually be considered even. I know you have to be considered down a two, like two. You have a two in dexterity. Yeah, if you're anything less. Than Everyone's like, pushing me around in my wheelchair. I can't even pull my pants up. I can't throw a dagger. Yeah, yeah, anything less than a three is considered not sapient. So you're like, uh, you're either completely invalid or you're not, um, you're not able to function in society. Awesome. So you're like, uh, you're like the, the. So if you have a strength, no offense, with special needs, you have a strength of two. Yep. That would suck. All right. Yes, it would okay. be. God, I, mean, I mean, do we, can we try to, I mean, are we going to be able to reach a consensus on this? Because there's definitely positives and negatives. Well, there, I, I don't think there's a, a really I've solid heard. consensus other than it's really going to be up to the DM. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that we've actually said. Is so like I, just, I just think there's a strong argument to be made for for the point buy system well, just because uh, just because everyone starts on yeah. an equal footing so everyone has that same toolkit to work yeah. with and it's a matter of the player's um, willingness and ability to make that go out further to I mean, to, to make I think the the, distinct I think it, I mean I, honestly, regardless of stats and any way works it's Oh just, they all work you know, oh, oh yeah you pick you pick a way you go with it I think that the uh, the 40 drop the low is probably the best for the more the hardcore cuz then you're like Ah, well, I got screwed. Oh, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Versus a newbie that's going to probably stop playing the game. Well, no, if you do, if you <laughs> no, roll 46, yeah, you do the 46 and drop one, more often than not, you are rolling pretty well. I mean, you're going to have more, more of your rolls are going to be above a 12. Yeah, which is sort of the point. That's kind of what they're looking for. But, you know, but that's why if, 
again, or even do new, just the 3D. Some decent. But I mean, even yeah, anyway works. It's really going to be up to the DM. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Watch, you're going to end up with all ones the next time you try all. <laughs> Crap. Oh, that would be awesome. Crap. All four of them are ones. I guess I'm going to the three on this stat. Yeah. Now, the other thing to be aware of, if you do roll, when you make that roll, that is for that stat. It's so, and you start strength, dexterity. So if you roll a four on strength, you're stuck with that four. Have fun. This yeah. is why I say that's not so good for newbies. Yeah. Whereas, like, with third edition... And fourth edition, you, you roll and then you get a place how you want it. Yeah, because so there, was be no more, um, yeah. there was no more, there was no prerequisites anymore. Yeah. All right. So thankfully, let's move on to the next one. Onward. Onward and forward. Not, uh, not you must have started some, because this is the restart guy. <laughs> the restart guy. <laughs> People don't want to give their names now because of you. You get. You get it. You made, you deserve it. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so, it's fine that they don't give our give their. I know. Names. I don't mind. I actually liked it because sometimes some of these people came were really creative. Yeah. But I do have to say, if you're going to write in and your buddies are listening, you might want to think about the name thing. Yeah. Or at least, especially what, if or what you're, you're talking, you're asking <laughs> about something you're going to do to them. All right, so, I uh, think it would be funny if somebody writes in and they use their character's name thinking, oh, well, nobody will guess that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am my God, the fourth. It di- yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, we first time writing you. in, so I hope you can help me. Uh, I'm trying to start a D&D slash Pathfinder club, and I think that all of the players should restart or re-roll their characters. Half the group doesn't, does not want to do so since they are already invested in existing characters from another group. Though everyone else is new to the game or is open to starting the characters from scratch, what would you do to convince the people that don't want to restart? Okay, so that, that's the question is how do I convince them? Yeah, so it sounds you like... You buy them Doritos. Well, it sounds like <laughs> maybe, maybe this is two separate groups that have kind of come together. Half of them are okay restarting and the other half aren't. I, well, you can always say, hey, if you're going to keep your character, you're going to be a kind of non-major role. So you're going to barely play until everybody's up to your level. Um, Cause, maybe. Because well, I mean, otherwise it's really unfair to everybody else. Yeah, to, to have, such a, have such a clear advantage early yeah. on. Um, so I'm presuming, though, that, that one half of the group, or the half that's melding into this other group, are the ones that are... Like I mean, because I don't know what the what the mix is going to be. Is the, like, well, he he said half the group half of the group already has characters so that we'll, they've invested we'll just, in. We'll just use the from another eight. game. So four want to, four don't. Okay. Just because we don't have a value, I'm just going to break it up even. Okay. Which side or, has the bigger kids on it? Yeah. <laughs> or the richer. So yeah, the rich kids. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this going to be the jocks versus the socias or something like that? <laughs> or the, no. yeah, the socias versus the greasers? No, no. <laughs> Sharks versus Jets. Yeah. Say Golden Pony Boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this one's really tough because you've got people that, let's say, who knows? Maybe they've been, they've played for the last two years with this character. Yeah. And they, they are invested. They, yeah, they've had a time to amass their wealth and their, their, their gear and build a story and their relationships. And so, yeah, that's kind of unfair. I see two ways of doing this. One is kind of the, you know, you meet halfway in the middle where, you have the group that's already very established. Work with the smaller group, but they go on a different quest that's much more difficult. This is going to be more intensive and more work for the DM. So maybe they're going after the 
you know, the the law, the Arkenstone. They're going after the dragon. We'll, we'll use smog as an example. <laughs> they're going after the Arkenstone for smog. And these guys, which are brand new, they haven't been tested too much. Well, they're going to go pick up the wooden stick that's in the lonely forest. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it could be a horrible be. thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's something that's more akin to their level, which still gives them some experience. What level is it that you go and pick up a stick? Well, level one. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be a lot more work for you as a DM, but that's one way to still have those guys play their characters, these people play theirs, and it's still all the same story. And what they're doing and what they're doing over makes the overall story still work. Because, and I've seen this happen in my own game, where you have guys that, you know, they played their characters, they're super strong, and you have new people come in, and they're really low level. So you got, because you have to balance it. So they're fighting, because the encounter levels, you're fighting big, hefty giants and that, and these guys are getting squished. They're going to get really pissed off and bored of always getting squished. Even though, hey, th- th- they brought you back to life, that's not fun. You want to be able to, to compete enjoy, on that level. Yeah, you want to enjoy Power the Power leveling is only fun... For some people, so, not yeah, everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so that way works. Very well said. That way does work. Um, the other way is, you know, again, I'm trying to find compromise. You know, is say, hey guys, these characters are doing a far off quest. We're not going to play them right now. You have to roll up a new character, yeah. and run with these guys. But I promise, we will come back to a point in the timeline where you can bring those characters back in when these guys are closer to yeah, where you're but, at. Yeah, yeah, get them within a level or yeah. so. I've got a buddy in Chicago, All right. DM, and when somebody doesn't listen to him, he just kills the character off. That works, too. <laughs> Take it for what you will. So, he does it fairly regularly. So this is, <laughs> Not so, many people play with him anymore. A giant rip in time and space opens up, you're swallowed up, you are dead. No, he just like, drops a rock on him. <laughs> oh, I, I, used used to to do that. I used to do that. <laughs> but that wears out fast. You you could do it with certain people, I'm sure, a lot more than you can with others. Trust we, me, I've done it with Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough, apparently. I mean, his character, I mean, he, he peed in a, a dwarven god's fountain. And what happened to him? One of his clerics was in there and smashed his head. <laughs> Last time I played, I we were in a glass factory, and I took one of the goblins that was still alive and coated him glass. And now I carry him around with me as a trophy. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> You have a glass trophy. I do. Of a, and on the inside is an actual goblin. Awesome. <laughs> is he still alive? I hope not. <laughs> I don't feed him, so I assume not. He's probably dead. <laughs> I would never want to break that glass statue. It would be really stinky. Yeah, it would. <laughs> you know how bad a sm- uh, stink bomb smells? How about a goblin bomb? Ooh, ooh, that would be an awesome weapon. No. <laughs> a goblin bomb? That or would clear out the empire. You could just drop it, and when it cracks open, the stench. <laughs> you can clear out an entire cavern. The glass shatters, and people start running. Yes! You watch bomb! an entire empire crumble God. just because of that. <laughs> we just created a new weapon. You guys yes. are welcome. <laughs> now that should be in the next D&D book. <laughs> goblin bomb. Goblin. Goblin get glass bomb. No, Goblin Stink Bomb. We'll yeah. just call it what it is. <laughs> All right. Ben got I mean, bored. So anyone got any other things on this <laughs> as, as far as reaching, I mean, like, I mean, that, those are two 
at least in my opinion, ways to be able to do this in a compromised sort yeah. of way. Because, I mean, otherwise you can... Uh, you can Alienate quick, them? Well, you can quickly advance, I mean, just hurry and boost up the new people to about that level, whatever these you know, older players have already been doing, and then throw them a little bit of equipment or you know, something to get them on their way. Well, I mean, that's tough. Let's say these I, other guys are level 10. Yeah. And these guys are level 1. It's not going to be really fun for them to suddenly go, hey, you're level 8. Well, I mean, I guess to, no. I, you could really, really could like leave it to a vote on that point because you yeah. say present option, you know, these two. But it's, okay, say, let's use the you know, example. Did he then. also say that some of these are new people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so to the new person, they're not really going to learn the game if they're going to be into well, uh, jumping level. And you can't really leave it to a vote because let's say it is eight people and you got four and four. You're going to come to a dead tie. Every, There's possibly yeah. Yeah. Uh, to a dead tie. I mean, yeah, that is that is very possible, but I, I mean, definitely getting a the viewpoints of the players because you know if you if you run the risk of alienating half yeah. the players, yeah. right, no matter which way you go, you're kind of at a lose lose situation. Yeah, I mean, you do want to talk to the players, see what they're willing to do. Yeah, and just and and as long as you keep majority of the players, you're good. Yeah. So I mean, ideally, you'll keep all of them if that's what you want. Let's say that there is eight, you keep all eight. That's perfect. That's exactly right. Um, that's exactly what you'd want. I would. I just want to give the restart guy props because his Boy. email address he entered in my email at notyours.com. dot <laughs> com. Uh, my buddy's got haha. This is a fake at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> he uses it for everything. Nice. This is a fake. Um, Boy, that one's kind of a stumper on that I, one, just because it's such a. Uh, this one is a tough it one. It does. It just it re- would require compromise on either side. So I mean, I'm just. I'd say kill him. I'm just, I'm just hoping that <laughs> encase them in glass. I would yeah. say, I would say, you uh, talk to them, see what you know. Maybe use some of the suggestions I made, or maybe, be willing to yeah. alienate half the maybe people. Maybe see, you know, kind of what Joe has talked about. Doritos logos. Talk and about. I would like to hear back. From, I would like to hear back from the restart guy. Yeah, I hope so. How this went, and then maybe we can give a little bit more input because, unfortunately, this is a little vague. Because, you know, we don't know what level. Because I mean, if it's like they're only level three, then... Big deal. Sure, yeah, bump them yeah, bump bump, up to level three. You know, make, fine. make the guy starting level two. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I mean, but if they're like they, level but if 25... They are, but if they are like level 10, 12, even, 16... See, even then, I think there's kind of tough. Well, it'd be harder. Yeah. It'd be more work on the GM side to sort yeah. of balance out what yeah. somebody might want. But, uh, but I do think the idea of, you know, these guys are gone for a while. You're going to play these new characters, and then we'll come back. And then you can come in. Or, then they could get or, invested in those new characters yeah, and forget. Yeah, or we split. So, I mean, those, those are the best See, ways I can establish, yeah, establish like a character hall of fame for those old characters. I recommend yeah. if you're going to do a... retirement when, yeah. when the time comes. <laughs> I recommend if you're, yeah. you're going <laughs> to split maybe, it. Maybe they've been recruited by the king as the generals. And so they have to go off, and these new guys are on another mission yeah. or something like that. I and don't then know. they encounter them as like NPCs or something yeah. like that. And so when the time comes when they meet these new generals, yeah. they get to play those gen- as those yeah. generals again. Yeah. They get to be that. Yeah. So, yeah. boom, I, there's another option. Booyah! All I right. recommend, if you're going to do the split, that you get you know yourself a uh, deputy GM. Yeah, you, so, you, something you, to share the load. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise you are going to go crazy. Nights. I mean, yeah, it's tough. Ugh. All right, let's jump to the last one because... Uh, we don't have a lot of time. We got about seven minutes. Hector. We have someone with a real, an actual name. Now. Hector. He could be making it up. Um, okay, this may be a dumb. Okay, okay, this may be a dumb question to you guys, but I'm new to DMing. Once an enemy is lowered to zero 
HP, are they dead or just knocked out? Do you have to reduce them to their negative con score, or is that uh, mechanic strictly reserved for players? Wait, okay. I always thought it was till zero and they were dead, because it was the enemy. Okay, go, go, okay, repeat that again, please. So, once an enemy is lowered to zero hit points, are they dead or just knocked out? Do, they ha- do you have to reduce them to their negative con score, or is that mechanic strictly reserved for players? Um, that's really there for most, uh, mostly for the players. Yeah. Because it's sort of assumed that once you reduce an enemy down to zero hit points, they're unconscious to the point where you just finish them off. Yeah. If you just step on their head. Yeah. You, yeah. You or you let them fatality. bleed out or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Because they're not able to help themselves. Yes. And so, and so unless you're taking extra steps to knock them out, deal some dual damage, um, an iron key. Or like players, my old group, uh, they just behead them. Yeah, it's just sort of assumed that you finish them off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Make so, new weapons. Yeah, because, I mean, that that's kind of one of those uh, mechanics that, like, unless you're taking great pain to try to restore not, not them, it anymore. the enemies, then you're not going to get, um, you know, it's just sort of like, don't worry about it. If yeah. they're at zero, just consider them dead. Every game group I've ever played in, once they hit zero, they're dead. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, they're dead. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, you've won. Yeah, it's, Turn on the... Final That's Fantasy when you can start you've, you've using succeeded. their carcasses for other purposes. You know, I have used so many objects that were never intended as weapons or shields. As weapons and shields. My DMs have hated me. Because I'm like, ooh, how can I use this? I mean, it's an example. I had a magic, you know, bag of holding. Had a huge maximum capability. We walk into this room and there is a giant obsidian table. Everyone knows obsidian is almost indestructible. I'm like, how much does this weigh? This much? Oh, great. I put it in my bag. <laughs> and it doesn't weigh anything. So we go, we go d- trumping down the hall. There's a huge, this line of j- angry, pissed off dwarves. I plop it out of my bag, put it right in front of us in the hallway. They can't go around it. They have to go through it. Oh, it's indestructible. We're just sitting behind it. Doop. Shooting them. Doop. You're dead. <laughs> After everyone's dead, I put it back in my bag, and away we go. I mean, that's the wow. point of this game. You get to be creative. How many games have you been kicked out of? <laughs> Ballpark. I haven't been kicked out of any. Are we sure? Yep. He's lying. I haven't. He doesn't know that he's been kicked out. They just said, oh, we're not playing anymore. No, I haven't. <laughs> However, I have annoyed several GMs. Just because I've GMed, so I know the roundabout ways of doing things. Because you're shifting. Yes. Yeah. I am. It's that lack of beard. Yeah. Hey, I don't care. <laughs> it gets me around. Uh, maybe you want to finish that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that. Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> Remember. No, actually, it's Lord Lagoon. Is it? I think so. Maybe it's not. No, I believe it's just... No, it's Lord's Lagoon. Yeah, I remember creating it. Send an email to both and see what happens. <laughs> Let us know. You know what? I'm going to actually make a forwarder so that way if you do send it to the wrong one, it'll go to the right one. All right. We're done. That's all the... Uh, That's game all of them? Yeah. Nice. That's okay. We only have like two minutes and 40 seconds left. The that show is almost right. over. Oh, wow. So, um, so who's looking forward to Ant-Man? I mean, come on. Which one? The one with Michael Douglas or the one with Paul Rudd? The same movie. No. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. No, there's it another is. Ant-Man. No. There's two. No, there's only one Ant-Man coming up. They're, yeah. both, they're both in the movie, though. One Tank Pam and one's uh, Scott. What's the other guy's name? What? 
is Scott Pim. No, Hank Pym and Hank Pym. Scott. The other guy. <laughs> I thought they were doing two of them. Nope. No. No, no one Ant-Man. You're the worst nerds ever. <laughs> I don't Geek. care about Geek. Ant-Man. <laughs> no, we're not. How could you not? So, Edgar Wright's directing it. So what? It's Ant-Man. He's worse than Aquaman. Hank Pym, <laughs> Scott Lang. No, no, no. We got... Aquaman, Michael Douglas, and Patrick Wilson in it. See, Booyah! Done. I'll Wikipedia still, for the win. I'll still so, watch it. Damn, hey, Wikipedia's so. awesome. We're on Wikipedia so, now. Find us on Wikipedia. <laughs> we are. It's awesome. So, uh, well, uh, I guess since we're almost tied. Wow, what, like less than two minutes? Minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, wow. We got more so, stuff uh, to talk about. about. Yeah, so special thanks to uh, Kath- uh, Catherine Addison for being on the show. Yep. Design Studios for our other? amazing uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Yep, MB Design Studios. Find them on Facebook. Epic Puzzles of Games because we didn't announce them, but we always broadcast here live on Thursday nights. And find us next week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We will if be wandering around. Revin a Mountain Dew, he'll take a picture with you. I'll take a picture of y'all. He won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get it. I'll do it. I will post it online. He might even let you <laughs> hug him. He won't yeah. let you hug him. No. Uh, with that, a, if you give him a Mountain Dew, he won't. Dude. On Saturday, we'll let you f- hug Flagoon. Yeah. <laughs> it will be Hug a Flagoon Day. How would you feel if I recommended they bring like those pine-scented car things? Yeah. <laughs> but if you bring a pine-scented car, car thing, we will let you hug Flagoon five times every hour. <laughs> uh, that's a little weird. That's a little like much. He spends a lot of time talking about zombies, yeah. so he might need it. Yeah, right. that's very and true. he's in a cave right now. So, so. we will be at FanX all three days. Uh, we will be doing a live show from there. We will be interviewing people. You will see us. We will be in our white dental card radio T-shirts. We'll have video equipment. So uh, check out our Facebook page. Check out our YouTube channel. There will be stuff flying out. We will be doing it. It will be coming out right after like, immediately. I mean, we're not going to wait a week or two. Bring us yeah. caffeine. Yeah. Food. Just bring me food. I won't do the caffeine. <laughs> so, Comfy uh, shoes. Yep, so come on down to the Salt, La- Salt Palace. Um, so until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, get more from your games. I want to meet Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Revan wants a hug. <laughs> <laughs>